You are listening to the Book Your Dream Clients Podcast, bite-sized episodes from one coach to another to help you create and scale your business with simplicity. No hustle required. Being an entrepreneur is, let's just say, quite the adventure. No one's day is the same, and that goes for our businesses too. If you're feeling caught up in the comparison game and wondering what people really do to make their businesses tick, then this episode is for you. I'm chatting with Dr. Jessica Houston all about her journey from starting her coaching and speaking business over 10 years ago to how she runs it now. We chat about how she figured out her niche, how she discovered who her dream clients really were, and how she markets her business plus her favorite tools. You're going to love this episode, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jessica, thank you so much for being on the Booker Dream Clients podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. I am super excited to be here. I love that you're here. I love what we're going to talk about, the reality of entrepreneurship, because everyone's reality is different. And I think this conversation can just go absolutely anywhere. So I'm excited to dig in. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yes. So I am a transformational speaker and a speaker coach. I own a personal development and professional development training company. I've been doing this for almost 10 years. I am a a mom, a wife, and I just love the fact that I have really grown into the person that I did not think I could become. I I was someone who struggled with low self-confidence, with self-doubt. I was in a physically abusive relationship. I settled in my life over and over and over again. And so for me, I'm just excited that I took a chance on myself to start a business when I was thinking like, who would really want to listen to me? I wrote my first book. I was like, I don't know if anybody's going to even purchase it, but I took a chance on myself and did it. And so I'm just really proud of the fact that I've been able to step out and do some things that scare me and then also have an opportunity to teach other women how to do the same thing. Well, I love that you pointed out that it's not always been a bed of roses for you. Cause I think that now more than ever, we are constantly comparing ourselves to everyone else online. And that is such a dangerous uh, place to be. People looking at others who started their business sometimes think, well, they must've had money to start their business or their, you know, their life is all rainbows and sunshine. Mine isn't how am I supposed to get to the place where I'm starting with absolutely nothing? And they're hearing you say, that's not how I started. And they're started, their ears are perked because they're probably in the same boat that you're in, that you were in once into. Do you want to share with us how, how was life for you when you first started your business and just kind of go from there? Oh, wow. So actually I didn't realize that I had it to, I had to start a business <laughs> because <laughs> I initially just wanted to write a book. And so I'm also a professor and a licensed social worker. And that means I'm also a researcher. So I started just buying books about writing books. (laughs) And (laughs) every book that I read said, you have to build a platform. And I'm like, what a platform? And so then I thought, oh my goodness, this means that I actually have to start a business. And so When I started, I didn't know anything, but one of the decisions I'm so happy I made was to invest in courses 
to invest in going to conferences and to invest in a coach. And initially it was a lot. I'll be, it was, I was overwhelmed because, and this is something we can talk about as well. I was overwhelmed because some of the coaches that I invested in were teaching very high level strategies. And I just needed to know how to get started. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. how do I get my first client? Like, how do I build my list? And what is a list? (laughs) Like (laughs) all of this stuff. So Mm -hmm. I think for me, I wish that I would have connected with someone who was just a few steps ahead of me and someone who could really help me to get started without all of the overwhelm that I experienced initially. Well, let's talk about that overwhelm because there isn't a lot of programs out there that do help you. Like you said, I didn't even know what a list was. So how did that feel, you know, jumping in from A to G and not having anything in between? Because there is so much information out there. We could certainly Google it all and figure it out ourselves. But if you don't even know what to Google, how are you supposed to do that? And you kind of feel like you're just a hamster on a wheel sitting behind your computer day after day, not getting anything accomplished. How did you get to the point where you kind of felt like, okay, I think I'm getting this and you keep moving forward. How do people move forward when they're feeling like they're lacking so much information? Yes. And I think that my issue was I was trying to do everything at once instead of instead of figuring out what is my next best step, what is the next thing that I need to accomplish my goal. And so at first I focused fully on writing my book, getting it done. And then I had to figure out all of the marketing, like once your your family and your friends purchase your book, I had to figure out, Mm -hmm. okay, how do I get this book out to more people? And I started speaking and that's really what helped me to build a good following and begin to attract clients is it was speaking. But Mm -hmm. I would say one of the things that I learned in all of this was I I can't do everything at once and I need to be absolutely clear on my goal (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I was like, I was a women's empowerment speaker. I was just doing so many things that I had to narrow my focus. And when I did that, that's when I really did start to feel like I can do this. Well, you made a a typical, I I don't even want to call it a mistake because I think it's part of the journey. I think it's, I want to help everybody. So I'm going to try to speak to everyone, write to everyone, create for everyone. And that is not helpful for anybody because no one can hear you. And you don't even know what you're saying because you're trying to, I always say you're trying to be the Walmart of coaches. (laughs) You're trying to just be at the lowest price for everyone who comes through the door. And that doesn't help anyone. How did you get the confidence to narrow down your focus? So I, I realized, and this is the, the, the thing, I had people saying, you need to narrow your focus. But for me, it was like, but then how am I going to get clients? Like, mm-hmm. well, how will I get speaking engagement? I'm going to lose a lot of people. And my thing was, I just want everybody, anybody who would bring me in to speak, anybody who would hire me as a coach. And <laughs> so I was just like, I had that mentality. But when I realized that people wouldn't know who to refer to me. That's when it clicked. Mm. That is a great, that's a great question. Yes. I was actually asked that question 
And I thought, wow, because I started to think like, oh, if I need to refer someone on hair or makeup or, or real estate, like I know the names of those people who I would refer. And it's like, well, hmm, what would they refer me for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when would my name come up in the conversation? And that's when I realized, okay, it's going to make a lot of sense for me to, to narrow my focus. And so what happened after you narrowed your focus? So after I narrowed my focus, that's when I actually began to get more referrals. That's what well, happened. <laughs> and it was probably easier for you to talk about yourself. If somebody said, Jessica, what do you do? It was easier for you to tell people what you do. Because I think, well, I know if we ask someone what they do when they're just starting and they don't really know, they go on for like 10 minutes because they are trying to like wrap it up. And then they just go down this whole, they don't even know where they're going with it. And you just got to either interrupt them or they just keep going because they're trying to find the right words. Cause they honestly don't know what they do. I remember going to a conference and finally being able to speak to some, a human being, because usually we're online, right? We're always on like zoom calls or whatever. And when you're actually in front of a real person and you have to tell them what you do, somebody who has like a full body, you can actually see their legs because we see everyone from the chest up and you tell them, you're like, wow, that does feel right that I help coaches set up their businesses. And that makes sense to me. And I'm so glad that that comes out clear. And then I remember talking to other people and they would just go on and on and on. And I thought, oh my gosh, they don't know what they do. And they need to really work on that because it's taking way too long. And I am more confused than ever. Do you find that in your space that when people aren't clear, they just kind of find all these catchy words and muddle them all together? Absolutely. They ramble. And what you said (laughs) is key because it does show that you are not clear. Because if you're clear, you can be very concise in sharing what you do. I mean, when I first started, I said, I help, I help women build online businesses. And then I thought, well, what kind of business, an Etsy business, a coaching business, what kind of business are you talking about, Lindsay? And, but you got to start somewhere. That's why I said before, it's not a mistake. It's just a part of it. So once we get past that, we narrow down our focus we're feeling good about it. We probably have to go back and change a lot of wording on our website and social and all of the things that we're constantly polishing. Then how did you start working with clients and did you feel really aligned with them once you changed your messaging? I really did because then I could really take a deep dive into what I was saying was my area of expertise. And I think because I am really good at a lot of things and I'm not tooting my horn, it's just the truth. I'm good at a lot of things and it's great, but it can also be a pitfall for me because I can teach on so many things. I can coach, I can Mm -hmm. speak. And so for me, it was really important for me to say, okay, Jessica, um, pick one pony and ride it. Like just, Mm -hmm. just, (laughs) just stay with that. And if it evolves over time, there's nothing wrong with evolving, but at least get clear on where you are right now and really make sure that your prospective clients are clear on what it is that you do. 
So your dream client just came on, filled an application to work with you. What kind of person and what's their goal? Like what's your absolute dream client? So, yes. So my, and I have two. So my, I have a speaking side of my business as well as the coaching side. So for the, the speaking side, I primarily work with colleges and universities, corporations, and nonprofit organizations. And when I go to the coaching side, my dream client is a woman between the ages of 30 and 50. She is a coach, an author, a consultant, and possibly already speaking, but her desire is to get booked and paid to speak on a consistent basis. Now that is super clear. Now, how were do you remember how you were talking about who you help years ago? Do you remember what you said? If I can be totally honest, like I had scripts in my phone because I, <laughs> I just I could not figure it out. Like I was going in circles. So at one networking event, I was saying I'm doing one thing, and then at a different one, I was saying I'm doing another thing. And so I was so, so unclear. So I can't tell you <laughs> what I had because it would change based on how I was feeling that day. Oh, so if we went to a speaking a conference and you were there on Wednesday and then we watched you on Friday, we might get a totally different <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> I was trying to figure it out. That was my goal, like figure this out. Now you're not just saying once you find it, it's going to be that way it's always probably going to continue to evolve and get clearer and clearer. And that's okay. I think people are afraid that once they find what their niche is, that if they decide to change it again, that that might be a mistake. What do you tell, what, what's your advice on people when they feel called to maybe niche down even more? What's your advice to them? So yes, my advice is to niche down. And because you've niched down, that does not mean that you're not open to working with someone else who is a good. So a lot of times we think, oh, well, if I do this, that's it. So for example, I work with women, but sometimes a male will reach out to me and say, hey, I just need a strategy session. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it's not like I'm going to say, oh, well, I'm not going to help you. (laughs) Right. So I think sometimes we delve a little too deep into to what we're saying that we're, we're offering to our clients. Well, I think we're also not looking at our business as long-term. We're thinking day, day by day, um, looking at the next year, but I want my business to last many years. And so I have to be flexible with how I feel and the direction I want to go. And it might look completely different than you thought it would three years ago, but that's okay. I think we have zero control on where our our journey is going. We don't have any control and you kind of have to just be okay with going along for the ride. Absolutely. And, and also just to, to tag on to that, I've realized too, that once you get started, that's really the only way that you can truly figure out what it is that you'd like to do, because then you can say, you know what, I like this part of it, but I don't like that part of it. Or maybe you're having clients who are consistently struggling with one aspect of the the, the entire scope of the, the challenge that you're resolving. And you can really think like, you know what, maybe I should just focus on that because that's what a lot of people are coming to me for. 
So it can definitely change and evolve over time. And then you are also changing and evolving over time. You are growing. And so maybe you took one route or one path, and now you're looking at a totally different path of how you serve. Mm -hmm. And there's so many tools to help us serve as well. And that can be so overwhelming when you're thinking about it as every day begins. Oh, I have to post here. I have to post here. I have to repost over here and share this and work. It almost feels like we're doing the same thing over and over. And there's so many tools to help you grow your business. We have Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook and blogging and podcasting, just a million things that we, we tend to think that we need to do all of them, but we really don't. I like to look at it as you have a toolbox and all the tools are in there. You don't need to use all of them though. You should only use the ones that you need and you enjoy using because then you're just making your business into this whole big chore and it's not feeling fun anymore because everyone's telling you to do reels and everyone's telling you to do idea pins and TikTok and and oh my gosh, my head feels like it's pounding just talking about it. I think it's really important to really gauge on, I, I actually just like doing this. So I'm going to kind of stay in my own wheelhouse and I'm not going to let all the loud voices tell me I need to use a hammer when I really just enjoy using the wrench and I'm just going to keep using that. What are your favorite tools in your business to use? Because I think it helps people kind of affirm that, oh, I don't need to use all the things either. What are your favorite tools? Yes. Yeah, so, and also to piggyback on what you said about kind of listening to too many voices, I think that's why it's really important that you have a coach that you can go to and not <laughs> try to mm. integrate everything everyone is saying because you'll, you'll end up confused. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, so I have, so my, my favorite tools is, is like my, my CRM because that's where all of my courses are housed. That's where I have my email. That's where I do my funnels. So I just absolutely love my CRM. I also use Asana. That just helps to keep everything mm -hmm. going. And then I also use a social media scheduling platform to schedule out my posts because that saves me time. Do you want to share what those, what your social media um, scheduling tool is? So, yes, I have Hootsuite and it, it definitely helps me to kind of, mm -hmm. kind of keep everything together. But then also when I'm scheduling Facebook and Instagram, I'll sometimes just go into the, the business manager on Facebook mm. and schedule those out. And one of the things I noticed with Instagram that you can even schedule stories. I didn't realize that until I tried out the Facebook business suite. And I thought, wow, I didn't realize you could do I didn't that. realize that either. You could in the, in the creator studio. Yes, That's awesome. Because yes. it helps you show up on there. Because I'm all about working ahead as much as possible and not living by, I have to do this right now and create this and write this. I have to work ahead. Otherwise I can't balance all the things on my plate. And you use Asana. I'm Asana's number one fan. I have it up right in front of me right now. I just, I don't think I could manage my business without it. If you guys aren't using a project management system, go use Asana. It's, it's a game changer. I remember when I first discovered and I was wondering where this was all my life. I definitely use that. But what's your favorite social media platform to talk about your business and talk about, talk with future clients and students? 
So it was originally Facebook. <laughs> That's where I hung out the most initially. And then I moved into Facebook and Instagram. And now I'm actually leveraging YouTube more. Oh, how is that working for you? So I'm loving it because I realized the more that I am active and consistent, then my following grows, um, my subscribers grow. And so basically what I do is I basically just record a couple of videos a week and roll them out. And it, it definitely helps a lot. I like that you have found your wheelhouse. Yeah. You, you like video and your clients are hanging out there. Are you discovering that you're getting a lot of good connections with the people who are watching your videos? Yes, yes. That was one of the things that I would hide from for a long time until mm -hmm. I, I challenged myself. I said, okay, Jessica. And, and my challenge was very small. Every week, just record a video of three to five minutes, a three to five minute video of any topic of your choosing and upload it. And that's, that's how I started with video. I love that. And that was a huge confidence builder for you. And then now what kind of videos do you shoot? Do you do weekly videos or what's kind of your typical schedule? So yes, I'm doing weekly videos and now the, the reels are popular, which is really great because I can record a ton of quick videos. It can be 30 seconds because YouTube also has YouTube shorts. It can mm. be one minute or less. So now it's even easier to put out a lot of video content. So you're using the YouTube shorts as a tool in your business as well? I am. I'm doing that and also reels to Facebook. And I, I don't know if you're aware, but Facebook is, is now paying creators to create reels. <laughs> so what um, is that all about? I see that. And I'm like, is that even a thing? Do you do that? Or what does, do you know a lot about it? I do because I just like testing things out and, yeah. and pushing myself. So I started, I would start a platform, but not use it. I'll just kind of hang out and watch. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So TikTok is one of those things. And then when Instagram started using reels, I started doing those. And basically for the Facebook reels, all I'm doing is, is reposting something that I've put on either YouTube, TikTok, or Instagram. So the Facebook reels is really easy. And they actually, I just got a deposit yesterday. From really? Yes. So they, so they legit pay you to post? Pay. A video you to post reels and that's it like you don't have to say anything or do anything special no no you can and you can do a voiceover you whatever you want to do <laughs> what the world seconds so yes it's that's something that I've been doing for a couple of months now with Facebook they like they really want you to stay on that platform don't they they do. And I'm thinking this must be important because Facebook has never paid me to do anything. Right. I'm always paying Facebook. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you can post videos. Does it go by how many views you have or how do you, how do you get paid? What's what matters to them? So yes, they pay you based upon the number of views. And so you can literally go into your phone and see 
in real time, how many views you have. You can also see how much money you've earned. And when you switch to the creator profile, mm -hmm. you also get detailed analytics on your followers, what men, women, their ages, where they're from, how, how, how far your post has reached. Like you get all of those details as a creator. How often do you post uh, reels or yeah, reels? So initially I was doing it kind of sporadically, but now I post a reel every single day on Facebook. How do you find ideas? If that's, that's the part that overwhelms me. Oh, scrolling. The ideas come, you can go to TikTok, even if you don't want to be active, but just go to TikTok and mm -hmm. scroll and also Instagram reels. So basically I, my, my process is I'll set aside 20 to 30 minutes to scroll, find ideas, save the audio, go back and re-record. Mm. Oh, Jessica, you're sparking dangerous <laughs> things in my brain. <laughs> That's so good to know. That's why I love this conversation. This is what um, I feel like we would talk about if we were sitting together drinking yeah. coffee, right? Because we are drinking <laughs> coffee, I believe, <laughs> sitting together anyway. It's just so fun to hear how other people run their businesses. I love it. I, maybe it's the nerd in me, but I think it's super interesting. So tell me, as we, as we wrap this up, what's a typical day look like for you? Oh, gosh. So my day is I start with myself <laughs> because <laughs> if I'm, I'm not in the right space, mentally, physically, and emotionally, it will throw my day off. Absolutely. So I, I, I start with just setting aside a couple of hours to spend with myself, whether that be exercise, meditating, reading, learning. And then I move into my workday. I plan out what my day is going to look like. I look at my schedule. I schedule in breaks because they are much needed. I schedule in whatever it is that I need to get done for my daughter. Like maybe she has to go somewhere, go to tutoring. I just schedule all of that out. And I schedule a block of time to do my coaching. I schedule uh, certain days where I do pitching. Like I pitch myself for speaking engagement still. So I, I have everything pretty much mapped out because that's the only way that I can get everything that I need to get done, done. I love that. And that was one thing that I made a mistake not doing when I first started my, my business, you know, 10 years ago was taking care of yourself in the morning. And it's so important. I remember just like literally getting up, showering and sitting down at the computer and just, you know, doing the same motions and everyone talking about self-care. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably don't have kids. They don't even real, they don't even understand. Well, that's when you really need self-care. That's when you need your alone time. You need to fill your cup. I have to fill my cup in the morning and at night because it's, it's, they're empty. Something happens to me while I'm sleeping and I need to fill it back up again. That's so important. If you're not spending time taking care of yourself in the morning before you go and take care of everyone else online, because that's what we, that's what we do. We're coaches. We're talking to thousands of people every day and we're preparing to go on client calls and pitching and doing all the things. And if you're doing that from an empty cup, maybe that is something you need to change in your life. So thank you for sharing your typical day. And if you guys are not doing that, just find a little thing that you can start out with and just keep stacking good things on top of it. 
and it will change your life. I promise you. Absolutely. Jessica, this was such a fun conversation. I feel like we could talk about our businesses for many more hours, but I'm really appreciative of everything you shared. I think everyone is going to love this episode. So thank you for being here with us. And you guys go follow Jessica because she's posting on reels every day and she needs those views and (laughs) we need to support her. So thank you, Jessica, for being with us. Thank you for having me. Before you go, I want to invite you to join my free Facebook group for coaches. Simply type dreamclientcommunity.com in your browser, request access, and we'll happily let you in. We have amazing coaches in there just like you who are starting and scaling their business, and we would love to see you there.